Are the Miami Hurricanes getting too carried away with NIL money? Let's ask an expert. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes. Listen, each and every day we're available free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida radio host, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And I'm so proud to welcome in. We finally are bringing on a legal expert because we've been talking a lot of NIL on this podcast. And how can you not when you cover Miami? But we're going to break down the nuts and bolts of it. Sports attorney Dan Lust joins us now. He's heard on ESPN, CBS, and Fox Sports. He's also co-host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Alex, I'm good. And, and uh, you know, certainly the NIL era is as much for lawyers as for MBAs, business people, but for sports fans as well. So certainly happy to break it down. Miami, you know, I, I told you this offline. Miami is at the epicenter of the NIL world, and I, I have no connection to Miami. Just a lot of stories emanating from Miami for, for better or for worse, but certainly happy to get into it. You know, and I had the uh, the honor of being a guest on the Locked on ACC podcast, and, and I was talking a little bit about this uh, on their episode that dropped today on how uh, I'm a lifelong Miami fan and I'm not used to Miami being in front of things, right? Like when facilities started to get better around the country, Miami's usually playing catch up. When teams start, you know, trying to hire big name coaches, Miami's usually playing catch up. But with NIL, Miami has been at the forefront of this. And so, Dan, I've got to ask you first and foremost, because the Ruiz family, they they take a ton of headlines and there's a lot of negative press on them from outside Miami because it looks like they're just helping Miami buy players like they're they're you know, they're matching and outbidding other schools with NIL payments through Life Wallet. Uh, and as a Miami fan, I love it. But let me ask you, do you think that the Ruiz family in Miami, are they playing with fire here? Might they be taking this too far? I mean, here's the thing, right? I, I can certainly see someone making that argument that they're, you know, going to get, you know, potentially, right? They're going to be the guinea pig for this whole thing. But I, I guess we're kind of in a gray area, right? And sometimes the first person to act is going to get an advantage here. So I think, I mean, going one step back, right? What is Miami known for? And again, I'm, I'm from the Northeast. I, I know Miami because of their robust alumni base, you know, the U and, you know, it's it, there's a brand to it. So it's not it's not so shocking that Miami of all places is, is at the forefront of this. And I think also, right, the state of Florida objectively was at the cutting edge of this. So then you look, you're just looking at the schools within Florida. It's really U of F and Miami are really one and two in, in some some way, shape or form. So that's objective. That's my, you know, my take from outside of it. Now, what Ruiz is doing uh, and what he has been doing for, you know, I don't know, the last year or so, right, right around there, a little bit less. He's basically been the poster child, right, that a booster is is basically putting his fingerprints all over these NIL deals. Is that OK? I, I know that there was a period of time before July 1st, 2021, when that, I mean, experts and prognosticators, whatever you want to call them, said that that wasn't going to be allowed, that there had to be a level of separation between boosters and NIL deals. But what did, you know, Ruiz really do? He just is filtering the money through LifeWallet. So LifeWallet is a marketing entity uh, for, for better or worse. So, you know, what Ruiz is doing is really at the cutting edge, just like Florida was at the cutting edge from the state level. So, you know, could he be potentially uh, walking a fine line and maybe the NCA steps in? Possible. But for the time being, right, I'm sure Miami fans aren't so disappointed that they're landing all these these big guys one after the other. 
Well, and, and let's clarify that point that I, I think you uh, you stumbled upon that a little bit at the end of the answer. Like as of as of today, with the way that the rules are set um, legally, is Miami doing anything wrong? No, it's it's they're, they're different variations of gray. Right. Some states don't have a state law, so they can kind of do whatever they want. Florida obviously has a state law. But here's the thing. Right. Um, and Alex, this is the, the the big question. You know, who who is going to step in and police it? it right. Is the NCA going to be that person? So right now we're operating in like kind of like a lawless land. Like it is a version of the wild wild west. Somebody can yell at me for using that term. But, you know, um, uh, to the victor go the spoils. Right. Like I, I think Miami is taking advantage uh, of this era where there is, you know, the NCA is kind of gone. Mark Emmert stepping down, right? The NCA is certainly in a transitional phase. And I think the schools that are are taking advantage of it are seeing, you know, reaping the rewards already in the transfer portal. So they're not doing anything wrong. Um, the question is, if and when the NCA comes in or the federal government, you know, will certain things have to be unwound? I don't think so. Um, but it's really a matter of what, what will change moving forward. So I don't think Miami's doing anything wrong, but I can tell you from personal experience, I have different We'll say, I don't know, businesses or alumni at other schools that are looking at what John Ruiz is doing and saying, hey, if he's doing this, can I do this? And, you know, I think I think it's a fair question. Right. If Ruiz is not getting in trouble, uh, I think other boosters at other schools are going to have that same thought. How complicated like put put yourself in uh, in the Ruiz family shoes like. How, how complicated is it to do what they're doing? Because you talked about, you know, at least ha having to have like the illusion of kind of a separation between church and state. Like, like how, how much red tape is there to, to, you know, to use a brand to funnel money like this? I mean, the these deals have been pretty clear. As long as you give them something back, you know, be it a social media post, something as small as that. You know, right. Alex, the, the rumor and innuendo, right? Part of our country, right, our, our 50 states in our country, there is a rumor out there that that like, you know, the deal was some consideration that beads were exchanged in exchange for land. Right. That's this concept called consideration. You just have to give something in exchange. It can't be a freebie. So right. give someone 800 grand over two years is this this deal. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, Nigel Pack is his name. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Nigel Pack. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he has to just give something back. So if he just posts on social media. Right. Uh, life all it's great. Everyone should use their, you know, use their services. That's technically some form of consideration. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's fair market value um, for someone's services, right? Is eight hundred is Nigel Pack really worth eight hundred thousand dollars to the university? I'm not sure. But again, we're still in this world where the state law might say X, right? It might it might say right like fair market value is, is language that they have in some states that you can't just give some guy like. I don't know, $100 million to attend a school because that's not really his fair market right. value. That's just you bidding, giving a crazy number. And obviously no one's making $100 million, but there are reports of guys making close to 10, you know, 10 million. I think that number's been floated out there. Um, but like no one is policing it. No one is getting in trouble. So um, I know we can highlight that. At some point the NCAA will step <laughs> in, um, but we haven't had it yet. Well, and, and what do you think, like, what could the NCAA do? Like, if they decide within the next couple of years that they want to take the first steps to step in a little bit more, how do you think that may look? Well, they're waiting a little bit too long here because what's happening is these state laws are really taking shape and they're becoming different little nuances, right? So there were different laws that were passed, uh, I think Mississippi, I think Louisiana is the other state, there should be more on the horizon, that are now explicitly letting schools work with the collectives. So... You know, I, I could have told you maybe, I don't know, six months ago, I think the NCAA is going to come in and ban the collectives. Now you got to unwind state law and you can't, 
NCA is a private organization. They can't really do that. They can't really tell you, hey, don't listen to what your state law is allowing you to do. So the longer they wait, the more these state laws are going to take shape and, you know, have different nuances. So could the NCA come in and give some type of guidelines to say that deals have to be fair market value and whatnot? Sure, they can. But at a certain point, state law is going to trump. So that's why the NCA really messed up. You know, this is a problem that's not a recent problem. It's a decade old problem. 50 years old problem. The NCA should have stepped in and preempted this. And now state law is doing what the NCA failed to do. So now state law is probably going to dictate what the NCA can do. Um, so could the NCA come in and say, hey, we're going to vet every single deal for conflicts? Sure, they could do that. Right now, right, the individual schools, be it Miami or Florida, Florida State, they're kind of like the judge, jury, and executioner. They get to see all the deals come in. They get to approve the deals that they want, right? Um, just make sure there's not a conflict. Should the NCA or even like the ACC be in charge of that? I don't know. Probably. Probably there should be some type of third party. I think that's, you know, if I had to pick one thing that I think the NCA will do is that to have some type of separate body to approve deals, maybe to approve transfers. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't see any rush on it. It's been Alex, we've been in this for a year. Yeah. NCA has done uh, diddly. Wow. This is great information from Dan Lust. He's a sports attorney. He's heard on ESPN, CBS, and Fox Sports. He's also co-host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. And Dan, uh, I want to give you a chance to plug the pod. And I know something you're going to be talking about. I had no idea what a journey you had. You just got back from a vacation. And this is one of those I'm sure you and your kids are going to remember for the rest of your lives, right? Um, <laughs> it is. Your lovely state of Florida. I drove in. Uh, you know, We flew in to see the grandparents. And, uh, you know, uh, I've been pretty good with COVID. I haven't got COVID in the last, you know, since COVID's been in existence. But, uh, you know, my little, my daughter gets it while we're on vacation. Oh, we gotta be, we gotta be good people here. We can't fly with the masses. So we, uh, free plug to Hertz rental car. We got, a <laughs> we got a Ford edge and we drove 20 hours in about, uh, like 24 hours and we made it back. So, uh, you know, trip was cut a little bit short. But we did one for the people. Good karma. I don't want to give people on the plane COVID. So right. you know, we just had a COVID car driving back. Good times. Wow, well, that's incredible. And um, uh, and uh, you know, I've I've done a similar drive from that like 15 years ago. Uh, when when my sister was at Yale, she's way smarter than me. Uh, I made the drive <laughs> at least brother, twice from Harvard. So you know. Oh wow. India. <laughs> So I, siblings. It's good. I've made the drive from uh, from Miami to New Haven, Connecticut before. It's probably pretty similar to the drive that you right. made. And, and these kids are crazy, Dan. Just yesterday, uh, my, my four-year-old son running inside the house, which you should never do, falls, bangs his mouth on the wood floor, knocks a tooth out. So I had a whole whole ordeal yesterday. And he's, you know, he, he's he's milking it. He's uh you know he's he's gonna be uh, playing the whole pity game for the next week, but he'll be fine. But th these kids, these kids are crazy. But it was a baby tooth at least. Baby tooth, yeah. I saw yeah, it was a baby I didn't tooth. know what it was. I, I I thought the whole jaw popped out. There's a lot of blood going on there. There was a lot of blood. Yeah, it was just it was just <laughs> one baby tooth again. And of course, of course, my wife is unhappy because you know he's gonna have be missing a tooth for the next couple of years. You know, oh, smiling yeah. for photos and all that. But he's gonna look like a hockey player. But listen, I I cannot thank you enough for taking some time, and that's great clarity on name, image, and likeness. Uh, anything else uh, we, we want to put a bow on this conversation? Because Miami seems ahead of the curve. Like, what what, what are some of the schools that you think are going to be next, like making big-time NIL headlines? You know, the, the truth is, I mean, the, the one NIL deal that occurred, um, or at least made, made the waves this past week, Caleb Williams over at USC 
We now have the school, USC, involved in helping procure deals and helping Caleb Williams make money. They had an official event with Caleb Williams merchandise. So California state law doesn't prohibit schools being involved. Now, for the most part, states with NIL laws do prohibit the schools from being directly involved. That said, right, Alabama is going to great lengths to repeal their NIL law. They don't want any prohibitions. They just want, hey, uh, we want to do whatever we want, right? Because NIL is not inherently illegal. We should be getting full flexibility. So I think I think the trend is going to be NIL laws peeled back, peeled back. I, I do think that, um, you know, only, only when it benefits, because I think like – you know, these the ones I told you at Mississippi, the collectives are now allowed to do deals with the schools. I think the the laws will be kind of wound back until the bare minimum. Like that's that's all you need. And it's going to be beneficial for, you know, the Nick Sabans of the world to deal with the Alabama collective or, you know, Florida to deal with the Gator collective or Texas to deal with the Longhorn collective. Um, but I think schools are going to start to be more involved in procuring these deals. You don't really need the collective to do what the school could do themselves. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the next school, but certainly Texas A&M has made a lot of waves, Miami. Um, you know, you got to just think, uh, you know, USC Trojans have a really strong alumni base. So we'll see. I, I think, uh, you know, the, don't, don't be so complicated. Just really the schools with the strong alumni are really pouring their money into the schools, to these collectives, and eventually the school can do it themselves. So um, I think that's the next shoe to drop over the next couple weeks and months. Make sure you follow this man on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. Dan, thank you so much, and I hope you and the family feel better. Have a wonderful rest of your week. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, for the last few months, I have had Built Bar in my rotation for snacks. I have been able to replace my candy bars with these. They're so delicious. They're so good for you. I have dropped since October. I'm down 50 pounds, and Built Bar has helped me do that because – you know, going through a fitness and health renaissance, it's not easy when you have a sweet tooth like me, okay? Have you tried Built Bar's new Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered like every Built Bar in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. I love the yummy cinnamony churro, banana cream pie. That's my personal favorite. I love them all. The coconut marshmallow is also good. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better. They taste better, and they're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. High-protein, low-cal. High fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar only, just 4 net carbs, and 17 action-packed grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 bloating calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar, you can get great flavors like mint brownie, oh, so good, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, these have become my new favorite, the white chocolate cookies and cream. I love these. They are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they find out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Miami Hurricanes land another big fish in the transfer portal. 
Guys, you know this is getting exciting with all these additions, and it's basketball as well as football, by the way. But you know it's getting really exciting when I have to start keeping a spreadsheet just to keep track of all the incomings. So basketball on Wednesday evening lands Arkansas State transfer Norchad Omier. Football on Tuesday, late Tuesday night, adds defensive lineman Daryl Jackson from Maryland. And boy, there's a lot of good stuff to unpack here. You think about just the way that Miami's defense keeps adding instant impact guys these last couple of weeks to the defense. We devoted an entire episode last week to Akeem Mesidor from West Virginia coming in to play defensive line. Uh, on, was it Tuesday's episode, we talked about the addition to the linebacking core with Caleb Johnson. Actually, we talked about him in Monday's episode and on Tuesday's episode. And now we have added another defensive lineman, a D-tackle, Daryl Jackson in the portal from Maryland. I like everything about this young man. Six foot five, 303 pounder. And he has tremendous athleticism and physical traits for his size. He's got an 86-inch wingspan as well. And what feels really good about this one was the Florida Gators thought that they had this one. He had a really strong official visit uh, in Florida. And before he visited Coral Gables, before he visited the University of Miami, he had openly named Florida as the favorite. And he ends up choosing Miami over Florida, Florida State, and Tennessee. And when he was in high school, before he wound up at Maryland, when Daryl Jackson was in high school, he had been a Tennessee commit for a time, ended up spurning them for Maryland. Now he leaves Maryland for Miami. And his comments... Uh, even before his commitment to Miami and afterwards as well, really speak volumes to just the work that Mario Cristobal and his staff are doing and how much these players are connecting with Coach Cristobal. Daryl Jackson had this to say, I just feel like I can connect with the coaches and all that. It felt like home when I came and visited. It just feels like home, man. It's a great opportunity. I feel like Miami is the place for me, he said. Uh, this is something that he told. These were exclusive comments, by the way, published by our pal Gabby Yerudia at InsideTheU.com. He told uh, Inside the U that shortly before going public with his commitment, uh, he continued on the coaching staff. The coaching staff was real, man, Jackson said. Coach Cristobal, they never fake or front nothing. Coach Cristobal always kept it real. I just feel like I can vibe with him. If I can get a head coach I can vibe with, we can do great things together at Miami. Um, he talked about where Kevin Steele, Miami's defensive coordinator, sees him fitting into the defense. He says, they see me in the middle three technique. I'm a big body, so they feel that they can use me. There's only one of me on the team, he said. I ain't seen nobody my height or nothing. It's a great opportunity, Jackson said. So I like this a lot. Uh, and Miami, as we've talked about, you want to figure out how you can retool a defense very quickly. They were worst in the NCAA in tackling last year. That was a huge problem for the Miami Hurricanes last season, just an inability to tackle. Uh, some holes in the linebacking core, which Miami is going to try to clean up on this season. Uh, the defensive line as well, got to plug up those running lanes. Miami gave up too many running yards last year. 
got to try and put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And guys, if you put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks, Miami's got a really good defensive secondary. You're going to get a lot of turnovers next year. No turnover chains. That's over. But you're going to force a lot of turnovers next year if you can force this kind of pressure. So Miami now, uh, they have uh, added, uh, this is the latest transfer when the transfer list to that defense, and most of these guys, I think all these guys actually can contribute immediately. Akeem Mesador from West Virginia, Mitchell Lagude from UCLA, Jake Lichtenstein from USC, who had a really good spring and a really good spring game, and Antonio Moultrie from UAB. So, uh, oh, and Caleb Johnson as well. I don't even think I mentioned him in that list. So there have been a ton. There have been a ton. And yeah, Mario Cristobal had said it. During spring ball, the Hurricanes were not done. The Hurricanes were not done adding players, and they have overhauled in one transfer portal period. And some of the true freshmen can contribute as well. Cyrus Moss, who had an awesome spring, and he's starting to get on national watch lists. Cyrus Moss, I think, is going to be able to contribute right away, especially if he can add some more weight to his frame because he's very small. Uh, so Miami, they've basically overhauled half the starters on their defense in one transfer portal period, adding experienced players who can impact the team right away. Bravo to Mario Cristobal and his staff. This has been excellent. Oh, and let me get into a couple more details on Daryl Jackson. Like he's he's got a year of experience, but he's still got plenty of eligibility to give to Miami. He was a true freshman at Maryland last year. And he actually, uh, this is good for his experience factor. He played in all 13 of Maryland's games as a true freshman last season. Uh, he had 22 tackles last year, and he was peaking late in the season, which I think is good because that goes to show you that Jackson was getting better and better as the year went on. As Gabby Arudia notes, his best performances of the season came in Maryland's final three games. He was credited with a defensive grade over 70 in each of these per pro football focus, and the best games that he played were against Michigan, I like that, a college football playoff team, Rutgers, and then Virginia Tech in the bowl game. So he's already got some experience against Virginia Tech, who he's now going to be facing every single year in the ACC Coastal. So uh, 225 defensive snaps he played as a true freshman last season. As I mentioned, 22 total tackles for Daryl Jackson. So this is a guy who's got unique athleticism, unique size to play defensive tackle. And the exciting thing about this, guys, is Miami's getting someone with enough experience that he can impact the team immediately, but also enough raw, untapped ability. This excellent, upgraded defense and coach, defensive coaching staff, I think, has an opportunity to mold this player into a great one. So his best days are yet to come, and I'm so happy he's now going to be wearing the U on his helmet. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now, for the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick -pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days of the NFL Draft as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts Thursday, April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're going to need. Why would you want to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, 
Is your Jeep Cherokee a Latitude or a Limited? Is it an LX or an EX? I don't know. And why would you want to wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers, my friends, all of you, all of us, with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on your smartphone. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Both of those things are very important to me, guys, but what really turned me on to Rock Auto was when I started to compare prices. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Right, like if your Honda Odyssey fuel pump, that's going to be three hundred and fifty-three dollars from a chain store, just two sixteen from Rock Auto. It's a no-brainer, guys. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over twenty years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So here's what you want to do, guys. And I drive an older car. Uh, those of you who do, you understand you're going to need to replace parts frequently. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us section. They have all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. It's been an awesome week so far here on Locked on Canes. An incredible week to follow Miami Hurricanes athletics. And we're only like halfway through the week. So you know how we like to do it on Thursdays? On Thursdays, we take our listener interaction. Guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. We follow everyone back. We're trying to build that community. Of course, we have mostly Hurricanes fans and media and some players following us. Even if you're a Florida or a Florida State fan, we're going to follow you back. We're all about community building. And on Thursdays, we read your tweets. We take your comments and questions. Here's going to be the big topic for our social media Thursday tomorrow. All these transfer players Miami's bringing in through the portal. Which one of these players do you think is going to have the biggest impact year one? Which one of these players will have the biggest impact in the 2022 season? My answer has been ever-evolving. If you were to ask me this question about a month ago, I might have said Henry Parrish, the running back from Ole Miss, and I think he's going to have an impact. But, guys, Miami has done so much on the defensive side of the football over the last couple of weeks. My vote as of today, Wednesday, April 27th? Is that the date today? Yeah, I'm terrible with dates. My answer as of today would be Akeem Mesidor the defensive lineman from West Virginia. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy who's going to have the biggest impact from the portal in 2022. But who knows? Between Wednesday and Thursday, maybe Miami adds somebody else in the transfer portal. But follow us on Locked on Canes. Tweet to us and tell us which of Miami's incoming transfer players do you think is going to have the biggest impact in the 2022 season. We are going to break that down on Thursday's episode. On Friday's episode, we are going to have a just a recruiting roundup. Our good friend John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated is going to join us. There's so much to get to, guys. Four and five star players that Miami is in play for, for the class of 2023. All these transfers, and if Miami might be looking at more. And by the way, guys, I was looking through Twitter a short while ago, 
And Alex Ruiz, son of John Ruiz of Life Wallet, is strongly hinting that Miami could be targeting a transfer wide receiver. That after this most recent addition to the defense of Daryl Jackson, Miami could be looking to add next a wide receiver into the mix. So get your popcorn ready. We are going to talk about that uh, Thursday and Friday, I am sure. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.